Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome in to another live episode of the Baseball Insiders. I'm Adam Weiner, but alongside fan side, it's MLB insider Robert Murray. And we got a breaking trade, Cole Irvin to the Baltimore Orioles. I thought we were past this after the winter meetings. Uh, yeah, we'll give Cole Irvin the time of day, but we've certainly got a lot of other things to talk about on this episode from the Angels failed sale. What gave Artie Moreno cold feet? Why did he back out? And what does that mean for everybody's favorite player question topic discussion debate Shohei Otani? Plus the Houston Astros have a new GM and the Boston Red Sox have a new shortstop. Are we sure? It's a name you called on the last episode, Robert, but I don't know how impressed any of us are. Regardless, we'll get to your questions. We are live on YouTube every Monday and Thursday, 3.30 Eastern time, getting through as much content as we possibly can while we wait for pitchers and catchers to report. Robert Murray, welcome to the show, and thanks for taking some time out of your mental prep for Eagles Niners this weekend to talk baseball. Oh, you're very welcome. I know Eagles Niners has been on my mind all week. I was texting my dad, who's a Niners fan, that this week is going slow as a snail here. Um, but we're, we're getting closer. But, hey, we got baseball news. It's been an active day so far, so we got to love it. It has been an active day. We asked for it. We got it. Uh, kind of. Uh, before, we, uh, before we get into the planned topics of conversation, uh, any thoughts on Cole Irvin to the Orioles? I can't believe I'm saying this, but I, I, Cole Irvin has the second best ERA last year. If, if you put him on the Orioles, you'd have the second best ERA of any Orioles starter who would have made 20 starts uh, for the O's 15th ranked prospect, but their fifth ranked shortstop prospect, which, you know, really says it all. You, you're, you think the Yankees have a, a lot of depth at that position. I think the Orioles can afford to trade their 15th ranked prospect and fifth ranked shortstop for an innings eater uh we've been waiting for the orioles to dip their feet in this offseason for a while michael waka still out there but cole irvin not a bad addition no it's not a bad addition at all and the orioles have needed to add another starting pitcher all offseason um i know that they've poked around in different parts of the market but urban getting him for that level of a prospect um like i i think that's a really smart addition by them i don't think it should or preclude them from signing a guy like Michael Waka, who's still on the market for some reason. I would imagine that has to do with asking price, uh, but I don't know for sure. But um, dealing from a place of surplus uh, in the minor league system to upgrade an area of need on the major league roster when you're going to compete, you can't really fault that. So I thought that was a, a smart under under the radar move by the Orioles, but they should be doing more. I, I would expect them to do more. 
they should be doing more. But throw back to the good old days in November when we had them in the mix for Carlos Correa. And we were like, now is the offseason to strike. Like, you did the tanking. You got the farm system. Now go out and pay that surplus cash. And uh, they have not done that. But they have added Cole Irvin today. And it's official. The A's announced it. The A's, this is always sad. After a trade, uh, they obviously very quickly Photoshop the player who just got traded into their new jersey. But usually it's like a recognizable major leaguer. The A's just Photoshopped shortstop prospect Daryl Hernaiz into A's green and gold and welcomed him to the Oakland A's. I Truly, you could have put a picture of anyone in that tweet. I would have been like, mm-hmm, there he is, Mr. Yeah. Hernaiz. Yeah, me too. I would have been the exact same way, man. Like, yeah, that, that's him. But oops. Oops. Well, looking forward to seeing Cole in an Orioles jersey. Not Garrett Cole. Cole Irvin. Uh, Darwin's and Hernandez. DFA is the corresponding move. But uh, let's move on. I was going to open with Hall of Fame talk, uh, but I guess we'll push that back just a little bit because uh, <laughs> I had to do the breaking. But there's there's kind of a lot going on at maybe the upper levels of Major League Baseball this week. Uh, player movement, not so much, but franchise altering maneuvers or non-maneuvers in the AL West. Uh, we've got an Artie Moreno ownership group that has led the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim to... I would call an extremely underwhelming period. Uh, the end finally seemed to be in sight. Uh, you've seen the angels compared to Steve Cohen and the Mets uh, because they're the second team in this city. The Mets finally go up for sale after flawed ownership group decade after decade, a fan buys the team and blows it out. Artie Moreno floats an angel sale. I don't know if there is a diehard angels fan to the level of Steve Cohen, but a lot of hopes and dreams by angels fans dashed this week when Moreno just backed out. We don't usually see ownership groups pull out of the pool after exploring a sale. Exploring a sale is usually just code word for we're going to sell the team. So hmm. what happened here? Was his asking price not met? Did he really get a renewed sense of, you know, dedication to Anaheim, which is what he sold it as? I mean, why is he still going to be the owner moving forward? You know, with Artie Moreno, you can never rule anything out. He is among the most unpredictable people in baseball. Um, I feel like that's a pretty fair assessment. Um, so it, it is unique, though, seeing how he went on the record and indicated that he planned to explore a sale of, of the Angels. And then he all of a sudden, a couple months later, ends up changing tune. I don't know specifically what changed, but I do know that the angels are in a better, better position to compete this year than they have been in recent years. Like their pitching has improved. Their offense is more complete. I still think the Brandon Drury signing is among the most underrated signings of the off season. They got him at a discount. And um, I, I believe he turned down more lucrative offers elsewhere to, re, to go to the angels. Um, so I'm sure that played a factor in it, but like, I think that that team is just in, is in better shape. It's ascending. It remains to be seen exactly what Phil Nevin is going to be as a full-time manager. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll tell you that not just this year, but in years going forward, there could be ramifications from it. And the mo the one that I'm watching the closest is what does this mean for Shohei Otani? Um, does this, does this decrease the chances of a trade, which I believe is certainly the case. I, mm -hmm. I cannot picture Artie Moreno being the owner that trades Shohei Otani. I just can't. Um, maybe I get proven wrong. I don't know. But 
Um, it is going to be fascinating what happens with Otani the next 12 months. I'm absolutely freaking glued to it. Yeah, I think I'm with you. I think this rules out a trade. I also sort of think last year's trade deadline ruled out a trade. I think a lot of people explored this and realized that the Angels asking price was sky high. If if the Red Sox got guff for throwing in the white flag and trading Mookie Betts, then you can only imagine what would have happened if the Angels cut bait on the face of base, the face of sports in the 2020s at this point, as far as I'm concerned, in yeah. Shohei Otani. But this does make me wonder about his long-term future with the team. Did he give any indication to Artie Moreno that he was more amenable to stay? Does Artie Moreno see a long-term path for the Angels? Did he just like being in the boys' club and, and wasn't as ready to give it up as he thought he was? Did it have nothing to do with Shohei Otani? Uh, we've heard a lot in recent weeks about Otani becoming the first $500 million player. I think, I don't know if you agree, but that feels almost assured at this point. I think four, mid 450s, even that feels a little light. So, what do we think about his future on the Angels in general? Like, was. I, I, my, my brain's been into pretzel on this for a while because you, you you play out the new ownership group too and you're like, well, they're not going to buy the team without some assurance that Shohei Otani is staying. So yeah. maybe it's the flip side. Maybe all the ownership groups go to Arden Moreno and they're like, what do you think about Shohei? He's like, oh, he's gone. And they're like, all right, great. We're out too. Like, I don't know where you stand on this because I'm, I'm very much pretzel here. Yeah, it, it's going to be complicated for the Angels to keep Shohei and for a multitude of reasons. Is that One, that contract is going to be probably an upwards of 500 million. I would not be a surprise at all if he's the first $500 million player in baseball history. Um, and two is if you look at the Angels' payroll, they have Mike Trout, who's making a lot of money. They got Anthony Rendon, who's making a lot of money. Um, that Their payroll is, is pretty high. And if you add Shohei Otani on whatever contract he's going to get, that's not going to give you much wiggle room to improve the other areas of the roster. That being said, I would give Otani a blank check and I would not, I would not think twice. He's like, he's that good. I know he's got some concerns, like how he's going to hold up um, long-term, especially as a pitcher, but we've never seen a player like this before. Um, he is marketable in so many different ways. Um, I, I just, I don't know what his future holds, but I will, I feel very confident that any and every big contender who's in a big market is going to be in on Otani, and rightfully so. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.
my favorite article this offseason was I think it was John Heyman just polling a bunch of baseball executives about Otani's next contract. And it was just like 12 people having a great time throwing out the highest numbers possible. Like you can't go wrong at this point. They were all just like, I think it's 490. Oh, I think it's 520. It's like, okay, it could be any of those things. Nobody was the low man. Nobody was like, he's overrated, you know, 10 for 280. It was all just like people being like, What's the largest contract ever? Uh, that plus sixty million dollars. I don't know. Exactly. I'm just like, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you, like, because it, it, there's no nobody should ever consider Shohei Otani overrated. Which I'm glad nobody in in Heyman's article ended up doing that. But goodness me, I am so curious what that that contract is going to be because I I think it's going to start with a five. Um, mm-hmm. But just how much higher does it go? Um, okay, I'll, I'll even ask you, Adam. Mm-hmm. What, what's, what's the number going to be? I'll, I'll put you on the spot here. Sure. I mean, so when's he hitting free agency? At what age? He's going to be uh, – it's after next season. He will be uh, 29 years old, but he'll be 30 by July. I don't think he's going to get dinged much for that. We just saw Xander Bogarts, who is not Shohei Otani, sign an 11-year contract at the same age. So, I yeah, I think it's like – I think it's 11 for – 50 mil a year so it's 550 550 yeah that that's my thought that's i don't think it's a bad guess i don't think it's a bad guess at all and i'll tell you he's worth every penny and i i would i wouldn't do that but unfortunately for Shohei, i don't i don't have that much but i i do have 50 dollars in starbucks gift cards if that counts it it counts i just i wonder if you can offer him as great an opportunity as he would find with maybe the dodgers or the Padres like do you do you have tasks for him do you have like business to attend to uh he could be my workout buddy and by mm-hmm. the way obviously a burner I did not do legs today it was a, a chest and shoulder workout today so we got that going yeah. for us by <laughs> the way I do have an answer for obviously a burner's question that he asked mm-hmm. uh, um, about Elon no about uh about possible raise extensions I Ooh. I would not be surprised if they had another one coming in the next few days I'll, I'll leave it at that. Obviously, a burner. How long have you been here without concrete news on the Rays or Rays extensions or the Rays and Jacob DeGrom? And now you got to keep your eyes peeled, my friend, for a couple of days. Yeah, from my knowledge, nothing is close quite yet. Um, but they're, they're, they're working on something. We did, though, just get Jeffrey Springs a couple of days ago, who's sort of it's it's funny it's hard to determine which ones the rays are going to extend and which ones are going to let live because they can clearly turn whoever they want into a very similar pitcher to jeffrey springs but apparently uh that's one of the players who they decided uh was worth the financial commitment and another uh high and blue master class jeffrey springs a, a red Sox lefty with a high era who goes to tampa and becomes a 40 million dollar man yeah it's unbelievable and he was an afterthought in that trade. It was what a, a random four player trade that mm-hmm. um, I remember it breaking. Cause I just looked at my phone. And I was like, Oh, okay. And then I put my phone back in my pocket. And now one of the players, Jeffrey Springs is getting what 31 million over four years. It's a weird one. It's I believe that trade was Ronaldo Hernandez, the catching prospect to Boston for Jeffrey Springs and Chris Mazza and mm-hmm. maybe somebody else, but everybody was kind of like, ooh, Bloom bought low on a former top prospect, a slugging catcher, and, and Ronaldo Hernandez had a 297 OBP at AAA last year, and yeah. uh, Jeffrey Springs is making $40 million. 
Yeah. And I'll, I'll tell you, like, it furthers my belief that making a trade with the Tampa Bay Rays is terrifying because you don't know what they know and their ability to maximize talent, even when you think that player may not turn into anything is remarkable. Um, it's how they keep going. It's how they remain in contention, but despite having one of the lowest payrolls in baseball. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's impressive. Jeffrey Springs getting him because he was a, he was a key part for them last year. They ended up stretching him out to be like a, a reliever slash starter. Um, and he pitched meaningful innings for him last year. It was really good. Can't fault him at all. That's, uh, that's a, that's a, that's a good one by them. I'm also reading questions as we speak. Yes. Uh, and let's, let's get to some questions. If, if anybody knew what the Rays know too, it's, it's the Red Sox and high and blue. So like, if you're skittish about ever dealing with the Rays, cause you don't know what's in their files, like Bloom had the files. And then he was like, yeah. well, we don't want Jeffrey Springs. And the Rays were like, you know what we know about him, right? Still. Yeah. And Ethan Fisher. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I can say it. I can say it. I think it's possible. I wouldn't rule it out. Yeah. I also don't have any inside knowledge on it, just like you asked. But there you go. Yeah. I, so I'm sure the Pirates would love to. Um, I, I just I don't I don't see it happening. I could be wrong. I could be very wrong. But as of right now, I don't see that happening quite yet. So. Before we move on to the next segment, we got a Jacob Greenwald asking about the Brewers and Bruce Watson asking about the Brewers. I know uh, in the sequel to our discussion last week about Aaron Nola basically saying, uh, you know, nothing yet. We'll see what happens with the extension. We got the same Willie Adamas quote this week. We got, eh, you know, who knows? Nobody talked to me. We'll see. Because uh, everybody's asking everybody about extensions these days. You and I did it with Giolito. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we want to know, but everybody's sort of saying like, eh, nothing yet. Like, I think we know when people are having those talks. And so uh, Willie Adam is still in the holding pattern. Uh, any idea if the Brewers are pursuing anything, whether it be uh, that massive or on the smaller scale? I'm sure they're having discussions on a multitude of fronts because that's just what the Brewers have done. It's what Matt Arnold has done as GM and what David Stearns did when he was running the show there, too. Um, but I, if they do anything big, if they do anything, it's not going to be big. At least I don't think so. Um, cause they have to keep an eye on the future, uh, with potential extensions for Willie Adamas, for Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff. And I was, I was thinking about this today. If they extended all three, how much would that cost combined? I was thinking possibly as much as 450, 500 mil. Um, that's, I mean, that's just throwing a number. I, I could be off on that, but. I don't know if there's going to be a way for them to do that for all of those players. Um, so it, it, they're in a bit of an interesting situation. So um, they, they plan on competing with them this year. They, they want to have them this year though, so they can have another bite at the apple, as they like to say. Um, I, I still think if they're going to go with that philosophy that they have to more, they have to be more all in on this season and try to win. Uh, I know they got William Contreras. They got Brian Anderson. They got, Wade Miley, I, I still think they should have done more. So I think that I have a, I have a story going up on fan side later today with offseason winners and losers, and the Brewers are among the losers for that exact reason. Um, but I think there was also another question about um, whether or not they would look to move one of their starting pitchers. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't they're, – they're not going to move Burns or Woodruff right now. Um, I feel very confident in that. 
Um, I'm sure they probably would listen on Lauer or Hauser, but to my knowledge, nothing active there. Um, yeah, just I guess we're in wait and see mode with the crew right now. Wow. For that Max is my guy, and he just dropped go 49ers. Um, Max, that, that's not allowed. You, you can't drop that in the chat here. Is that your dad's burner? No, that's my best friend. He, he grew up right across the street from me. And he knows exactly what he's doing. Go fly, Eagles, fly, baby. That is a nice Eagle sweatshirt, by the way. I I should have given that more pop at the top of the show. That's a good sweatshirt. Yeah, I appreciate you. I got it when I was in Philadelphia earlier in the year. So that uh, had had to make the most of it for sure. For me, Eagles color power ranking, what you're wearing right now, number one, Kelly Green. (laughs) Number two, black. Number three, the other green. Agree? Disagree? Yeah, no, no live spotted there. Silver no, in the three spot, actually. Green in the bottom. Wow. There you go. Now Max is talking. Just kidding. Go birds. Yeah, he, he knows. Yeah. That's uh, that last part's an inside joke between us. Yeah. That... Yeah. <laughs> I, I figured. <laughs> like, all right. I, at no point was I like, oh, yeah, I'll decipher this. No. Yeah. That's uh, if you try to decipher it, I, there's a good shot you'd be wrong on that. So, yeah, I'm not going to make it at that. Yeah. Not going to make any guesses like the Shohei Otani contract. But the, the 450 to 500 million you mentioned for the Brewers, they could save that money and get most of a Shohei Otani. Why not just do that? Pretty cool. They, they could. Uh, I, I don't think they will. Um, but they, they could. It's a good, good thought, at least. They could. They could. They probably won't. Uh, let's let's take it back to the AL West because just a, about an hour again before this show dropped, yesterday the Astros were down to two GM candidates. Uh, so as we heard, it looked like Dana Brown was in the lead, uh, but Brad Ausmus was still sort of hanging back there. Uh, and everybody was wondering about, you know, this old school, new school mentality. Is Jeff Bagwell going to have heavy influence in the front office hire? Uh, who knows? I don't know where it ended up, but I do know that Dana Brown was named the Astros general manager just about an hour, maybe two before the show. Uh, Brown came from the Braves uh, scouting department. He was also Craig Biggio's teammate at Seton Hall. So he and Jeff Bagwell do have that in common. Uh, but the Braves, I've seen a lot of Braves fans very uh, wondering what's next for them in the wake of this hire, because nobody's better at scouting and developing than the Atlanta Braves in recent years. Uh, and, uh, now that Brown is an Astro, what do you, what do you, what can you tell me about his style and will he blow the lid off the Braves foundation controversy? Will he, uh, spill the Drellick and pass him? Yeah, there's no word on the Braves foundation, uh, unfortunately, but what I, what I can tell you, Adam, is the first executive I ever heard about when I joined, when I got into baseball as a possible future GM candidate was Dana Brown. Um, I've had people all across the league, people that work with him with the Blue Jays and Braves, all credit him as someone who's just a brilliant leader and terrific at scouting. Like what we've seen the Braves do in draft and developing is a huge credit to what Dana Brown has done. He's found guys that have been under the radar, um, gotten them to the Braves player development system and has watched them flourish. Um, Losing him is a, a big blow for the Braves. I, I can't stress that enough. Like that is um, Alex Anthopoulos is very good. Like I'm sure he's going to do just fine in moving forward without Dana Brown. Um, But also the Braves, from my knowledge, have no specific plans to replace Brown at this point. 
Um, so we'll have to see there, but uh, it's a huge game for the Astros. Um, I think that's something that they're going to benefit from having his scouting background. They're going to probably add more people that have directly worked with him in the future um, or in the past, I should say. I think it's a home run hire. Um, I like that a lot more than a possible Brad Ausmus hire. I think it's a lot more inspiring. Um, yeah, it's a good day for the Houston Astros. That much, that, that much I can confidently say. And any update on James Click at all? Like, ha- have we heard from him since he left Houston? I haven't. No, I like he's got an interest. Um, just nothing that's ultimately been good enough for him to, to pull the trigger on. That's that that Houston situation. I would imagine this is not sourced info, but just from everything that I've heard about it, that probably took a lot out of him. Mm-hmm. Um, and it'll probably need a little bit of time to recuperate, but um, he's going to get a job at some point. Like he's a really good executive. He deserves it. He's earned it. Um, just not there quite yet. Maybe we'll see him on Fox NFL Sunday next year with Sean Payton waiting for <laughs> to open up. Uh, best of luck to James Click. But yeah, the Astros, of course, of course, they ended up uh, they ended up going with the the vaunted candidate who many people have speculated would be a future GM rather than pivoting to the catcher who used to be a manager and is no longer a manager. Uh, yeah, they, I, I, I can also know. say this. I, I literally just got a text from a baseball scout who said it's a great day for baseball in regards to the Dana Brown hire. So uh, I've gotten plenty of those kind of texts today. It's he's a very respected executive. And also the Alex Anthopoulos executive tree is starting to grow. Now we have Perry Manassian with the angels. Now we have Dana Brown in, uh, in Houston. So slowly, but surely, plus he's also worked with Andrew Friedman too. So lots of uh, Anthopoulos ties around the league. Lots of trees spreading. You got like the the weird little giants, tigers tree going on out there. Uh, the yeah, bizarre. Um, well, a lot of smart, a lot of smart folks getting getting jobs in upper management. Um, everybody learning from Theo and the like. And, and it seems like a lot of like minded people are currently running these baseball teams. Uh, not seeing so many of the uh, dinosaurs of a previous era anymore. Uh, sorry to Brad Osmus who. Uh, will hopefully land on his feet. He's extremely handsome. Uh, speaking true. of a couple of the moves, yes? Oh, no, that was true. He's a very handsome fellow. Oh, yeah. He's he's extremely good looking. And so he'll do just fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> we, we do have a couple more moves to go through from this week. Uh, Cole Irvin, apparently not the only blockbuster to go down between Monday and Thursday's show. Although, uh, well, really, really stretching the limits here. We will get to some more Red Sox chat in a bit, which you know I love. Uh, but we have to talk about the ripple effects of Michael A. Taylor to the Twins. The Twins and the Marlins. Uh, no wonder they traded Pablo Lopez for Luis Arise because this offseason, they're basically equally confusing to me. The Marlins, we go, oh, they have too much pitching and too many infielders. They go out and sign Johnny Cueto. They go out and trade for an additional infielder in Luis Arise. Now the Twins, too many outfielders. You got Byron Buxton. You got Max Kepler. People are already speculating he'll be out. You got Trevor Larnuk. You got Alex Kirilov. And they trade for Michael A. Taylor before trading Max Kepler to anyone. Now, what does that say about a Kepler deal? Is there not enough interest in Kepler? Is Michael A. Taylor a fourth outfielder? I mean, I, I, they're the last team I expected to be adding more outfield depth, and yet here they are. So they've actually, they've been interested in Taylor 
for a good part of the offseason here. And it caught me off guard too, but I had somebody explain it to me. It is Byron Buxton insurance because he's got an extensive injury history. Uh, he's missed a lot of time with injury. And if he's out, you have a really capable backup. But you also have the ability now to put Buxton at DH and to try to like put less wear and tear on his body and then have Taylor in center field. He's a remarkable defensive center fielder. Not much of an offensive guy, but defensively, he's phenomenal. Um, and they got him for two prospects that they left unprotected at the Rule 5 draft, which is a pretty strong indication of what they feel. Um, yeah. So, And he's also signed to a pretty cheap contract, too. So I can't fault them at all. Um, I thought that was a really under-the-radar kind of move. Um and in regards to Max Kepler, I don't know exactly what it says, but I don't know if a trade is necessarily likely. Um, he's coming off of a down year, um, and I don't know if the interest is quite there at the moment, but all it takes is one phone call to change something, but I don't think this is a precursor to a Kepler trade. But I'll, I'll leave it with my typical um, disclaimer. I could be wrong, but I don't think I am. I could be wrong. I think I agree with you, but <clears throat> Kepler is just a guy that a lot of Yankee fans penciled into left field. Everybody's freaking out in Yankee land right now. Cause Brian Cashman is talking about how he thinks Aaron Hicks is going to win that job, how he sees a lot of bounce back in Aaron Hicks. I think he just doesn't want to make the wrong swing or make too many swings. Like if he's not sold on Max Kepler and Max Kepler might not even be that available then does he really want to fill that gap again at the trade deadline with another addition? You might as well stand pat until you get a guy you really like. I don't know if you have additional thoughts on that. I lost you there, Adam. <laughs> there you go. Are you back, though? Can you hear me now? Yeah, I got you a lot clear now. Okay, great. Uh, no, no worries. You missed a bunch of Yankee fan bloviating nonsense. But I was saying that fans penciled Kepler in because they don't like Aaron Hicks. And so uh, I think Brian Cashman endorsing Aaron Hicks is more a statement that indicates he just doesn't want to make the wrong swing twice. He doesn't want to swing for Kepler, who he's clearly not in love with, and then have to reassess at the trade deadline, like the Joey Gallo situation, where it was like, all right, we traded all our prospects for Joey Gallo. He's hitting 160. Now we got to do it again. What's next? So the Yankees will find their next left fielder somewhere along the line. Yeah, and in regards to the Yankees here, they are, um, like, obviously you, you had mentioned them as a possible suitor for Kepler. Um, it, it's complicated for them because they don't want to, I don't believe they want to go over the luxury tax threshold. And they also have, they have, like, and if you want to shed some of that salary, who do you trade? Do you trade Donaldson? Do you trade Aaron Hicks? Both of those guys who have little to no value across the league. Do you move a guy like Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, um, who actually the, the Twins, they still like, or they have liked. Um, do you move? I mean, there's a multitude of different options. It's going to be tough for them to do it. I would imagine a Kepler trade is more unlikely than it is likely, so I wouldn't get your hopes up there. But, um, yeah, it's uh, – I'm very curious to see how the Yankees end up going about that. Um, if they end up moving one of those three guys, like what do you get in return? Like which one goes? Um, all questions that Brian Cashman is going to have to answer here in the near future. And they did it to themselves. They didn't need to have Isaiah Connor Falef and Josh Donaldson. They opted into it. So now 
You made your bed, you lie in it, you consider trading Max for Max Kepler, or maybe you don't. Uh, let's wrap this up with one final point. Uh, the other major acquisition this week, major in big time scare quotes, Adalberto Mondesi, the Red Sox opening day starting shortstop. Are we sure? Even though he has only played over 100 games in a season once, once, and it was 102. So we're not exactly talking about any, we're talking about a top prospect who is oft injured, who has never fulfilled that much potential. And you brought this up in the last episode. So kudos for suggesting it. But a glove first Mondesi doesn't really give you that much faith in the wake of losing Trevor Story and losing Xander Bogarts. And the corresponding move was Matt Barnes, which I think made a lot of people go, didn't they just extend him? Really? That's the well, last guy on the roster? So yeah. it makes sense of this. Yeah, I'm the Barnes one threw me for a huge curveball because that was not what I expected the corresponding move to be. Um, but when I mentioned Mondesi the other day, I knew it was close. Um, so I it wasn't just something out of thin air, but um, they have not sufficiently replaced Trevor Story and Xander Bogarts in Boston at shortstop. Like right now, what they're planning on doing is having a um, rotation. I don't know if that's the right phrase for it, but of Kike Hernandez, you have Mondesi, and then you also have, there's another one in there too. I'm forgetting the name. Yeah. Um, Christian Arroyo's around. They well, like yeah, Christian Arroyo. Yeah, that's it. Um, you have those three and on a talent level, I don't think those three combined are um, enough to replace Bogarts and story at short. It's a, it's a very unfortunate situation for the Red Sox that could have been avoided in particular with Bogarts. Like that story thing. I don't think they could have avoided that unless they didn't sign him last off season. Cause there was other teams that did have those concerns that he would eventually need surgery uh, with the Red Sox signing for six years for 140 million instead, um, I'm, I'm curious to see if they end up making another move for a shortstop. Um, it sounds like they are in talks with Roberto Perez, the former Pirates catcher. Um, I don't know if anything. I don't think anything's done there. Um, but I know Chris Cotillo was on that earlier. It's a <laughs> it's an interesting offseason because they also signed Jorge Alfaro, um, and I thought he was going to get meaningful playing time on the plate. But if you sign Perez then what do you do there? I, I don't know. But, um, yeah, Bloom. that's – they're the big offseason loser. Uh, I don't think there's any way of sugarcoating it. Maybe Mondesi ends up reaching his potential with a change of scenery because a change of scenery can do a lot of good things for a player, especially when they've been in a place for so long and struggled like he has. Um, but it's it's a one-year flyer before it reaches free agency. Talented guy, but um, not overly optimistic will ultimately reach his potential. And why Matt Barnes? Is there a market there for Barnes after being DFA'd? Are we going to wake up to something? Or does the rest of the league feel the same way about him? You know, he seems like a prime candidate to be traded to a team, like a contending team, and who hopes to end up um, getting him to bounce back. And the team that I thought immediately after he was DFA'd was the Los Angeles Dodgers. Mm -hmm. um, and they did it a couple of years ago with Corey Knable. Um, they've done it with a couple other relievers too, and they've had success with it. Get Matt Barnes in LA. You give him a couple tweaks here or there, and you may have a, a potential all-star reliever again. And it is, <laughs> it just, it oozes Dodgers. I, cause I had, um, I had heard months ago or what was it like a month or two ago 
that JP Fires was likely going to be traded by the Rays. Mm-hmm. He was injured, um, and w- they were looking to trade him. And I texted my guy, "I would, I'm going to bet the farm that it's going. He's going to the Dodgers." 24 hours later, he's traded to the Dodgers. There's just certain moves that sound like that guy's a Dodger. Matt Barnes just sounds like a Dodger. So we'll we'll see. We're talking the baseball Matt Barnes, not the basketball Matt Barnes. Just FYI. But the basketball Matt Barnes sometimes asks you to meet him in Temecula. So if the baseball Matt Barnes wants to meet him in Temecula, we can get that yeah. handled. Um, yeah, screams Dodger to me too. And yep. that's uh, the Dodgers did an oops, we forgot to build a bullpen thing again. So they're doing it bit by bit, I guess. It always works. Um, yeah, freaking Matt Barnes. He'll, he'll be, they'll, they'll help him find his curveball again. Uh, you know they will. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised at all if they, if the Dodgers or whoever team ends up going to get Matt Barnes, if they end up finding the mistakes and correcting them and turn him into a, a useful reliever again. Yes, we'll keep our eyes peeled. We will see you guys again next Monday. That is it for this edition of the Baseball Insiders. Uh, we'll be taking Super Bowl week off, but we will not be taking next week off. You will see us. Monday and Thursday, 3.30 Eastern time, taking you through all the breaking baseball news, speculation, and rumors, all that we have for you. You can find us live on YouTube at 3.30 Eastern. If you're here and you're not subscribed, why aren't you subscribed? If you're listening to this audio feed and you go, hey, I would have liked to have watched that, subscribe and you'll get the alert. Uh, Robert, uh, do you know anyone who's not subscribed yet? Maybe get them on board. No, well, if you're not subscribed, uh, you should sub- you should subscribe now because uh, you're missing out. You're missing out on great content, um, and also, like it, it, as I've said before, it puts food on our tables. It puts Eagles clothes on my on my body. It, uh, it what is that Patagonia right there? Is that what that is? LL Bean. I've I've long wondered why they have the same logo. Why do they have the same logo? I don't know. That's, that seems like uh, stealing there by that. Identical. Seems like uh, thievery. Yeah, that's exactly what it seems like. But if you're subscribed or if you're not subscribed, you can subscribe now. We'll be best friends, pen pals, you you name it. Um, should be a great time. So, yeah, you should do that right now, please. And if you are subscribed, please stick around. Again, you can catch us next week, Monday, Thursday, same time slot. The audio feed going up on all podcast platforms. Robert Murray, thanks again, man. Uh, big weekend for you. Big weekend for America, who loves watching the sport of football, but a, a huge weekend for you. And I hope uh, you're able to get through without too much stress. Yeah, go Birds, uh, beat the Niners, go to the Super Bowl. Super Bowl is in Arizona, Adam. So I would be able to possibly go and watch the Eagles in the Super Bowl. So, um, yeah, I need that in my life. I need air to breathe. So let's let's get it, baby. Yeah, so if you're a neutral, think about Robert on Sunday. Think about him walking out of his backyard, living his dream. Uh, Hell, I can see it. Uh, Well, yeah, we will see you both. And the next time we see you both, we'll see you all. The next time we see you, we will know the result of that game. So cheers. See y'all Monday. See you Monday. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.